Walter Firefighter Podcast. My name is Scott, and tonight I have two uh, members of my fire family. I'm Todd. Hello, everyone. And Ash. Hello. And Todd is not so timeless anymore, because <laughs> you just turned how old? <laughs> you don't have to say if you don't want to. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'm still a young buck. 41. That Todd had a birthday yesterday. Mm. Good time was had by all, I think. It was, yeah. 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 Really good times. Camping fun. Yep, stay up until the wee hours. We are of the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you said it right. Like the Friday night, we're all up and ready to keep going. Like one thirty still. Night two, it's like nine thirty, ten. I think we're ready for bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was. I was really happy that uh, Rob there walked away. A little in front of me. I'm like, ha yeah. sucker. What would a ninja smoking I, yeah, I, on? I keep looking at my watch. I'm like, all right, a couple more minutes. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I was beat, man. Well, to be fair, I had a little power nap in the afternoon. That's right. Yeah, and didn't pee myself, which is good, even though mm-hmm. Scott tried. Yeah, we, yeah. That That's crazy. Field science experiment. Yeah. The warm water and the hand trick. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but I woke, I woke up to the warm water spilling all over my leg and crotch, <laughs> which I think is actually the trick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you dump it on them. <laughs> so I was laughing so hard. Oh, oh, that was man. great. That was a great weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. a good good camp trip to get away from everything. Was that while it was going? Yeah, yeah. he's showing us a picture of it now. And nice. 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 We'll post that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, we're going to videotape it, and they were like, I don't think we should videotape this unless the kids actually does pee himself. That's because we care. Yeah, exactly. That's right. All right, uh, tonight, News. we're going to talk about fire stuff. Mm-hmm. News. So, there is ongoing wildfire. What are we up to? I think there's like 1,500 wildfires this season already. Somewhere yeah, there's a lot. Is that what I read? I'll tell you right now. Let's... Uh... I posted something on Facebook today basically saying that Oprah is now a move to BC and just giving out wildfires for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a wildfire. Nobody <laughs> wants them. Nobody wants them. them. Everybody's getting one. There's so many right now that somebody posted around here, mm-hmm. hey, is that another wildfire that just started? And people are like, no, that's just from the other wildfire that started burning. And it's just like, because it's moved now, it's shifted. Wildfire or something. But we're no one's actually quite sure because it could be just another fire. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just everywhere. Um, helicopters are flying around everywhere, water bombers everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're running low on resources right now. Yeah, so we're at we have uh, currently uh, 1,133 fires, and we've had 26 new ones start in the last two days. Right, and 149 in the last seven days. It's like 300 current active fires. Yeah, because that's all the fire for the year. Yeah, including yeah. ours and yeah. Because ours is now, this one that we had here that was a couple weeks old, that's mm-hmm. considered fully out. That's, yeah. yeah. Like we, like it's, and uh, it's according to Wildfire, like BC Wildfire. Yeah, it's green. Service. Green, green. Green dot now. Right. Yeah, you can look. It's pretty sweet. It'll go like red if it's new, like a little red dot. You, you can click on it. It'll give you the, the size, the potential start um, uh, start date and such. And then once they, if it either gets huge, it'll turn into a little flame. Yeah. So that's how you know it's going to be a big fire. Um, and then it goes from red to like an orange and then to a green dot once it's out. Right. And ours is green, which is good. And the one up, uh, up above is the other one. Yeah, has gone green. So. Yeah. What are you pictures of? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll share that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, in one of those fires, um, last week, a yeah. firefighter was burned. 
Um, at the Sparks, is it Sparks Creek? Sparks Lake Fire. Sparks Lake. Which was our, which is currently our biggest, I believe, at 60,000 hectares. Um, and it's just north of, north west of Camelot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been burning for quite some time. But he was burned uh, a couple of weeks back, actually, yeah, July 7th, so a little while ago. Um, Dylan Bullock uh, was burned and is um, suffering burns to his chest, neck, arm, and face while battling the massive Sparks Lake wildfire northwest of Camelot. So he is in the burn unit, I think, in the coast. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is a couple of Go GoFundMe's uh, for him, and uh, yeah, so he gets better soon. For yeah, sure. that, that fire is estimated right now. It's uh, just over forty thousand, forty thousand two hundred sixty-six hectares, and quite a few communities affected from that right. as well. Um, other news: Todd tornado in Barry. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Barry, Ontario. Uh, tornado ripped through, um, sounded like not with a whole lot of notice when it formed and touched down. And actually, um, one of our members, he's very good friends with, uh, Natalie Harris. She's a, uh, she was a paramedic out there. Um, and she's actually, she does a lot of, um, PTSD awareness and whatnot. And she's written a book called, um, Save My Life Story. It's a first responders mental health story. And, uh, you can get that on all the places where you buy books. Amazon and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, so she's actually, she posted a bunch of video rough footage. She went to go visit her son. And as the uh, tornado was touching down, um, her ex there, it sounded like, called the house and said, yeah, put everybody in the basement. They all went down. Moments later, came back up. Roof is gone and their whole, uh, whole subdivision was pretty thrashed. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they're all okay. Uh, however, there's some pretty raw footage out there on uh, the global news and other media from it. So yeah, pretty, pretty uh, scary series of events. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I, this wasn't on the wall, but <clears throat> um, floods in Europe. There's crazy amounts of floods going on in Europe, Germany. Floods. Yeah. Uh, a couple of firefighters were washed away in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we got no rain. They got all the rain. They can share some of that. Yeah. Yeah. We can share some of the fires if they want. <laughs> yeah, <was> fire, so. <sighs> yeah. Uh, moving on uh, to some of the stuff we've been doing this last week. Uh, Ash, do you want to go ahead? Sure. <laughs> so we threw a couple practices together, um, and you and Carl and a couple other members did some uh, pre-plan work. So. Do you want to touch on practices first and roll into pre-plan, or what do you want to do? You're, you're on yeah, you go ahead. You, you touch on your practice. Sweet. Okay. So the practice that we led was a um, like a pumper and sort of hose movement management class or session. Um, that would sounded pretty impromptu, the hose movement part. Yeah. So <laughs> it's hot. It's smoky. And, I mean, we still need to get things checked off. We, just, we still want to get out there and work. Um, and we were thinking, hey, you know what? Like, we we train a lot of things, but we actually don't hit on, like, the actual pumping very often. And that's the, the flip side of that is we have a lot of members that are, like, really proficient with pumping. But there's some that haven't had as much experience. There's some of the new guys coming up that have zero experience. Um, 
And then we had one of our members that uh, missed out on our uh, Wildland scenario, and we just had to take one of the boxes for his final wild, Wildland um, sign-off for the season. So we kind of put this together where we had a couple engines. Um, one of the engines was going to have an instructor up on the deck, and their job was to, uh, you could deploy a line or two, spray, spray down until you were about half a tank, and then they had to capture the hydrant and refill truck water off, off of the hydrant and then manage your water um, that way. Second engine, same idea, but they were going to be off of a bladder. So a tender came back, dropped a bladder, filled that up. They were drafting off, off of that. Again, just you know, moving some water. Uh, drafting rather than getting um, water fed to you from a hydrant. Uh, and then the tender has a built-in pump. So we, we got that thing fired up, got uh, some of the, the new guys familiar with that pump, as well as a portable. So we got the portable out, got some hard, hard suction, uh, grabbed a Cleveland forestry line, got that ran out, and was running that. That portable pump, sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt. That portable pump is beginning to use lots lately. Like a hot damn. Yeah. I, I can think of, well, like every call that's had fire lately. Yeah, just awesome. even, uh, actually, Todd, you didn't know, but you knew we had a fire at the dump. Yeah. <laughs> the old dump fire. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, one thing we did, because we were thinking, I think all of us were thinking at some point, um, as we're driving up to the dump fire, we're thinking the Springfield tire fire. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. It's <laughs> the first thing that popped in my People mind. People have been yeah. smelling it for 40 years, whatever the sign says on the Springfield dump. Or no, no now, now, now smelt in 40 different states or something. I forget what it was. <laughs> but anyways, we're like, ah, oh, crap, dump fire. Had a brand new, had a brand new guy um, on the truck with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, talking to him, we're like, yeah, this could be a big one. Because not big, not big in like. Crazy big fire, but it could be like digging, like going yeah, deep lengthy. underground. Yeah, because yeah. usually it means it was like started underground. But when we got there, yeah, it was actually pretty good. It was all surface based. Mm-hmm. But one thing we did right away, we dropped the, we got the tender, um, and dropped its uh, portable tank and its pump, because we were gonna, it was gonna be like a campaign fire. We're gonna be up there for a day. We don't need to type an engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a dump. Yeah, it's the dump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah. and, and that was really quick. So on that fire, just like in practice, we backed up, got that bladder out, got it full, got the pump out, got a couple, couple lengths of hose going. Those things deploy. Awesome. Yeah, he just had forestry on there. It was strictly forestry. Yeah. yeah. So something like that, like, it's not really forestry because it's Great. trash, but like, mm-hmm. it's not a structure fire either. So you're basically just stopping it from spreading anywhere. It was the perfect move. It was... Super, super, super defensive. Very, very easy. Um, and worked great. Getting that new foot valve on there working is perfect. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah. So we basically redid that down in the practice. Explained why it worked so, so well. Um, kind of that same idea. Like this could be used um, as an attack. It could be used as structural protection. Um, or like we did up, up the dump there. So we had that going. And we kind of got through everybody that needed to get through each one of the sessions. Um, we, we worked through through that, so switched off kind of three times. Um, and then some of the more experienced guys started coming into the play. And when it's hot and you've all been working hard, um, not so much that day, but you know lately we've, we've, we've had some pretty some pretty heavy calls and everybody's been been really busy working really hard. One of the guys, I think he was just on the forestry line, kind of starts to lob a little bit of water at one of the other guys. 
And the other guy happened to be on a two and a half inch, but he was very defensive. He, he had it in the coil. He was kind of kneeling down on it. And now he's getting sprinkled from like a hundred feet away. <laughs> just barely getting it's touched. It's kind of like your weird dog picking a fight with, uh, exactly. with uh, Todd's dog or my dog. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy's over there yapping get from, me. <laughs> from a distance. You barely get his sh- shoulder wet. And the guy on the two and a half looks at me. I'm like, well, I mean, are you going to put up with that? <laughs> Next thing you know, it's a full-on water fight. But the idea was, as they started to do this, it was like, hey, well, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay mobile? Or are you going to be, like, what are you going to do? Like, you could hide behind an engine. You could move. But you had to move. So now it's all, all about, can you be mobile with the two and a half inch rather than being defensive? So they had to think, okay, I'm going to shut this line down. I'm going to get drenched for the next 20 seconds. But I'm going to pick somebody, and they're about to get it. So yeah. <laughs> once they did did that kind of everybody was smarter about it there was no face shots it was all like like rugged your core um but everybody was loving it so so sometimes you get through the teachable moments and then you get into hey we, we kind of earned it so and at the end of the day it was still like everybody was safe helmets on and stuff you know nobody was getting blasted but uh and i haven't looked over at the uh, guy up on the pump pump deck and i was like pressure down if he's going to be shooting him with a two and a half like i don't care if you're running 60 psi and still putting a lot of water at him and uh yeah so it it was great the guys loved it everybody was laughing and it kind of started i I could tell this is the way the day was going because jp actually as he was flushing the hydrant he chose to flush it towards everybody that was over here get get getting ready so he like (laughs) soaks grand he was fine when it was spraying like straight out but then he starts to close the valve so spraying and water yeah. it sprays off sideways <laughs> yeah. and grant just got drenched so it was kind of on from that point forward and then they kind of like waited their time all right i can see ash is trying to get these guys through something so they they like let these guys get through what they what they had to but once it was sort of the more experienced guys like i could tell i'm like yeah they've all learned it let's let's have some fun now too and you guys actually had kind of a similar practice. We did, yeah. So it was, it was a lot of fun. We started out with um, just telling the guys to head out and actually start doing some uh, uh, some hose line advancement and work and whatnot. Um, just trying to get up. We, so we broke them into four teams. And we said, yeah, just head out to the, to the inch and a half. So we all got laid out. So we had uh, two lines of uh, blue and two lines of yellow out. Mm-hmm. We said, yep, yeah, we, we split them up into teams. Um and basically just wanted them to start kind of working and, and going through different um, kind of just hose techniques. Didn't really tell them what was going on yet. Then we broke out. I said, okay, you guys had some practice, you know, do, learning different techniques, talking about them. Some new guys have never really done it yet. Some of our new members were involved as well, uh, which is great. So everybody kind of had a hand in some teaching. Uh, and then we did some uh, hose line soccer. So uh, the rules were was we had those big exercise balls. Uh, we had one up the, on the soccer ball, and we had the two goals and two lines on each team, and, and away we went. So uh, we dialed the pressure down again, um, and the whole point of this was you're going to get soaked. Yeah. Uh, but the rule was if you straight stream somebody in the face, your whole team had to sit down for 30 seconds while the other team tried to score or do whatever right to get you. Um, and then from there, basically, we went, uh, uh, well, after we flattened, I guess, one and almost two of the balls. Yeah, they rip. I was gonna say, how many did they rip in half? Yeah, they end up start getting pretty beat up. Yeah, that's what we. Uh, I found with ours, and we tried to play the same game. <laughs> we straight scream it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we, then we switched to a wiffle ball, 
which was like a little tiny bit just, just a little, little yellow. Holy crap. Yeah. Which was a blast. It was a lot harder. Yeah. The rule was was where you're allowed to kick it as well if you need yeah. to, mm. uh, to place it and then move it with your stream. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then it was just at that point, we're on like round four and it's just game on. Everybody's getting straight streamed. And yeah. <laughs> the officiating, they were pretty good. They weren't calling a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of guys getting hit in the junk with uh, with inch and a half. <laughs> <laughs> People bailing. and But it was great because like suddenly like, a lot of these other new members, they talk about, like, you're advancing your inch and a half. I was like, well, no, that went right out the window. You're running, dragging the other person practically until they yeah. pick it up. But at the same note, they're they're learning a ton on hose movement, right. communication, yeah. you know, nozzle work. So all these guys have never really done it before for our new members. They had a lot of really good practical experience in a fun team-building way. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's, that's the key is the team-building atmosphere that you get out of you know, practices like that. Yeah. Uh, but yet in the background, they're not even realizing the skill set that they're taking with them as well. Yeah. So they just see this as a giant water fight, but there's still so much skill set that they're building as well as the team teamwork aspect. Absolutely, yeah, because guys are changing their gallonage, um, you know, different hose patterns or stream patterns rather, um, and just the communication for when the lines would kink because we didn't have a lot of pressure. We wanted mm -hmm. a little bit softer pressure and, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was great to see. And everybody was just jacked about it. So it just builds that cohesiveness even more. For sure. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. Then after we did that, once we all got dried off and uh, put some stuff away, we did another race with uh, kind of like an inventory race. Um, so we, we needed to do a couple things. We needed to run a pump. Uh, one of the engines got back from the shop, so we're kind of pump testing that as well. That's where mm -hmm. we did all that other work. And then um, uh, from that point, we did uh, – some races so unfortunately my team did not get a goal because we were too busy trying to aim for other people and get them <laughs> soaked so then uh to recoup we had to uh be first up in this inventory race which was a lot of fun so uh one of the deputies uh pulled out some uh, pieces of paper with different pieces in that apparatus and you had a foot race out to the truck grab it off the truck make sure everything's sealed up and put away properly race back hand it to another person then they have to go back and stow it away properly Hmm. Um, and, and it was good because there's a lot of people uh, that didn't quite know where everything was on each truck so they all learned it very very quickly mm -hmm. and it, again it's that competitive nature right it's just that good team building yeah it was a lot of fun it's a good idea yeah really cool yeah nobody got speared with pike poles that was good yeah 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 huh. like that we play that one mm -hmm. yeah it was good. it's funny because we, we had two engines sitting out there and they said, you can use both engines. And everybody still raced just to the one. <laughs> Even when yeah. they're stumbling, trying to get one of the uh, the master keys out of the lockbox. We're like, there's another engine. Go to that engine. And mm -hmm. Then, of course, the other teams aren't helping at all. No, wrong cabinet for the new guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was good. <clears throat> That's a cool little relay race that gets you thinking. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so... I actually went and did ropes uh, practice night. So mm -hmm. ropes are always interesting because uh, <clears throat> so we had one of the new guys with me, and, <clears throat> and so I wasn't running the practice. I was kind of just on the sidelines for a while, talking to the newer guy. I explained to him about the ropes and about because we do low angle rescue, we don't do high angle rescue, and explaining them what we're gonna do and all and like harnesses and and as we're talking, I realized he actually had some rope experience, so didn't need to do the full rundown so um shortly thereafter we started getting into the mix um, and it was just a kind of a skills night but it was kind of like a 
almost like a mini sim. sim. Um, one of our ropes guys, he's probably like our, well, he's probably our best. He's our best ropes guy we have. So Matt, um, he's not normally part of the training cadre he's, or training section. He, but he knows his ropes. So he took over the, uh, the scenario slash practice. Um, the problem we have is we don't train ropes a lot. Um, and I was trying to explain to our newer guy, um, I said, you know, it's it's one of those things where as a training officer, I have to look at it and go, okay, um, is it high frequency versus, or frequency versus risk? So every practice, I always think about frequency versus risk. So um, do we need to practice high frequency events? Such as alarm calls. Like we don't practice alarm calls. Mm -hmm. We don't practice responding to alarm calls because that's a high frequency event. Um, but it's low risk. Mm -hmm. Conversely, we practice RIT fairly regularly. It's a definitely a low frequency event. It's a rabbit us, a rabbit you done, right? Like your actual RIT deployment? No, never. Yeah, no. So low frequency event, but high risk. Mm -hmm. So we always have to balance that for training. Um, speaking of that, Carl came in while we were talking. Hey, Carl's back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a high frequency or low risk. <laughs> I think this is high risk. <laughs> low frequency. Low frequency. <laughs> so, um, that, so I was, I was talking to our new guy about the ropes because he was like, well, because I said, yeah, we're going to be like, you know, because I was standing there watching. We, we were struggling. Like we were struggling pretty bad <laughs> because I hadn't seen that we have, we have a couple of new kind of gadgets. Um, uh, we have a maestro, Petzl maestro. We've dual rigged our system now, so it's basically a twin system. I think just like you guys have. But yeah, you guys we, we use the MPD. Yeah, the MPD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Can we interest you in another one? Yeah, yeah actually, I brought that up. So. Oh, sweet. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> bonus. <laughs> bonus, not bonus. Yeah, bonus. <laughs> so this this new system, I had, I had seen it, but I haven't actually trained it because I'm usually doing something else for training. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I didn't really know what was going on <laughs> um I, I could tell a lot of the guys were struggling um just because again it's a it's a low frequency event that happens we get like one or two rope rescues maybe a year you, i think we haven't had one in at least a year and a bit uh what was it we we've had a couple times where we started deploying and then we realized we didn't need it i, I we roped off of oh, uh, that rollover yeah Yeah. <laughs> the one. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super positive outcome, but there was uh there was some shit involved. Yeah. <laughs> like actual shit. Actual shit. shit <laughs> actual <yeah>. human pieces. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's another story. <laughs> um, so I so say it, that was probably the last time that we did and Yeah, it was again, very it was, low low angle. Like yeah. it wasn't even really it was like a little bit of low angle, but it was more the fact we had to carry this guy through the field. Exactly. Yeah. And like, as a sidebar there, we are only low angle mm. um, rope, rope rescue. So, not that it's less dangerous. Like, there's still a high importance factor getting that done yeah. safely and correctly. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. Go on. So, we, we only practice, like, like I said, we only practice it so much. And um, it just... It was uh, it was one of those things where we were you know uh, I let Matt kind of run the run the class and he was kind of like okay and Matt gets frustrated when guys don't because Matt's a, uh, Matt his job is for ropes 
Like, yeah. we'll do this all day long. So it gets frustrated when guys don't know the ropes. And he's like, hey, do this. And we're all like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of let us flounder for a while. Um, some guys weren't taking that as well. Um, a lot of the guys didn't take that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of like... <sighs> you got to learn how to take Matt, though, too, right? Yeah. Like, it's not just... It's not just the fact that there was the rope thing we were all trying to pull together. Right. Matt's got a very interesting yeah. personality, which I love. And he wholeheartedly agrees. Like, he, he knows what he's like. Exactly. Because like, on there, our he ride. Knew. That's why I rode home with him. I was like, hey, man. He yeah. like, made a few, rubbed a few guys. He's like, oh, did I? Yeah. yeah. That's who I am. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like, great. Are. So, um, after a short time, we sorted it out. Worked really well. But, you know, just this dual system. And, and, this, and Matt has so much stuff in his brain going on. Because he's always like, well, you can make do this too. Like, well, can we do that? He's like, well, we could. Like, well, let's try it. Um, one thing that was cool that came up, <clears throat> I think our second run through, we were short on manpower the first time. <clears throat> Actually, it turned out we weren't. <laughs> so we did the three to one Zed rig, pulling the, um, we had the three guys on the basket stretcher plus a patient, and we threw a, uh, the, with the, we actually threw a guy inside. And there was a tire, I think, that we found. Yeah. On the, that was that was the patient originally, the tire down the hill, because we didn't have a patient on there. And then the medic actually came up with him. So Jay, the medic, he actually was cool, because he actually came up um, with the patient, yeah. um, which is interesting to see now that we have FR. The patient carries went way up. Because usually before FR, we were just like, yeah, let's throw him in there. We'll get him to the top. The paramedics will take over. Yeah. Now Jay was actually like with the, with, with the patient, and he was like, okay, I'm coming up. And he's actually staying with him the whole time. I'm checking him, making sure he's breathing, like, all the way up. So he came up the basket with him. So he actually, I think he hooked himself in somehow. Right. Came up the basket. That was cool. But we were having, we were struggling pulling up. And I don't know if you heard why. I think, didn't we, we were just missing something, right? Like, we went off, I think we, we tied off wrong. No. It's because one of the guys was digging his heels in to see if we could pull him. Oh, jeez. Oh, really? Because <laughs> yeah. I was, like, we were... I mean, it, was, it, was, it was a little Dane, and we were probably going to snap his legs off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were hauling him. Like, what is going on with this dead rig? We were still hauling, and we, we hauled him up. But he's like, yeah, I was digging my heels in to see if you guys can get us up. I'm like, we got you up. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> he on, like, the back of the stretcher? Yeah, he's on the back of the stretcher. Yeah. Yeah, he's, on the, okay. he's the anchor on the back of the stretcher, it seems. <laughs> Classic. So... Believing that we were short stat man, like we we're like, oh, I guess we're getting weak or something. Our <laughs> old age. <laughs> so um, the second time through, um, we had similar amount of guys on the line, and then I was actually running the safety line. The safety line doesn't really need a guy. So this this pet, this maestro thing is awesome because basically you just need someone holding the rope and pulling it tight. Yeah. So Matt had a good point. He's like, well, why don't you just give it to the guy on the uh, on the on the bank, like the officer. Because the officer's looking over the bank, watching the watching the team come up, and he's literally standing there, and he just can pull the rope. So he's your edge control safety, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah. So he's a safety guy. So he just he just takes up the slack. So we're all hall. So that threw me now into the hall. So the hall went way quicker the second time. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, just things like that. Like you know, he doesn't. You know, he threw that out there as an as a neat trick because you know that another man, another um, more manpower yeah. into the mix. Um, showed us how to do a six to one. Um, pulley, which yeah, with the if pulley. someone put a gun to my head right now, I would probably not know how to do it. I would. You did? You did? I would. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I'd, Let's go I'd, it. <laughs> it was. It was one of the like after because it's it's like you said like it's one of those things that we don't use very often, we don't train very often. But and then when you get to it, you're trying to remember for the life of you. And 
Matt's obviously trying to push you as well to just be like, yeah. come on, mm-hmm. you know this, guys, you know this. Like, mm-hmm. And you do know it, but again, I hadn't trained with that mm-hmm. that little new lever thing either. So, But now I think in my brain, I could do it. I could do it. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I can do that six round. <laughs> I might be able to do it. I was trying to do it in my break afterwards. I was running through like, okay, anchor, anchor, two anchor <laughs> points. And then it was the kind of rescue straps to the carabiners and then onto the, the MPDs or whatever they were, uh, right? Maestros, yeah. The maestros. And then <clears throat> they were in between. And then in order to get the six to one, we put the pulley in between the maestro and we'd actually hook it onto the maestro and wrap the rope. Like That's right. It was, yeah. Pretty, yeah. But I, the way, <laughs> the, the typical way, like, it's like okay, ready, set, go. Um, yeah, what right. we, uh, where I don't even know where to start. Like, mm-hmm. See, I, and like we've always we've talked about the six to one and the five to ones, and I, I don't think we've ever needed them. We've always just used a three lot. The yeah, Zedrig's yeah. always kind of worked for us. Um, there's always a talk like you know limited manpower, limited manpower. Um, Matt brought up a story when he was because he works in a ski hill um, about how a person fell. A lot. Were you there when he started that? No. Guy went off the trail, busted his leg or something so ski patrol matt was down with the ski patrol guys they were packaging him up he's also a paramedic um they're packaging him up and there was one he's like he's like there was one small lady up top like one of the other ski patrol she was like 110 pounds soaking wet and they had a rope down and it was uh and they, did, they didn't have a zed rig set up they just had like a they just had a pulley so it was a one-to-one mm-hmm. and there was like four of them down, down below in deep snow <laughs> and she's like she calls down, are you guys ready? And I was like, well, yeah, we're ready, but what are you going to do? She's like, I'll pull you guys up. He's like, what? So, like, a bunch of guys down below plus a patient. Next thing, yeah, they start moving up. Up the hill. They're all like, what is going on? They get up top. Well, she stopped everybody on the ski hill. So there's like 40 people on this line. Nice. Oh, nice. Just pulling. So I'm like, huh. <laughs> so, you know, we are short-staffed. There's always looky who's like, yeah. Can I help you guys? And we're always like, no, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Could someone you know, grab a rope and start pulling? <laughs> yeah. Just hold on to this rope and start walking that we've way. We've done that with the police. We've, yeah. we've, we've yeah, asked cost, the yeah. police and uh, the tow company to grab a line and start pulling. Yeah. Short power. So, I mean, I can never, like, I guess there's times for the 5 to 1 and 6 to 1 and all those other 10 to 1s and all this other stuff. But, you know, the, um, the 3 to 1, it's so easy to set up. I think everyone can probably do it. I think in, in our head, I, I yeah. think everybody can visualize that Zed rig in their head, mm-hmm. and you know. And the good thing about it is, you know, for every for every three feet we pull, the patient moves up one foot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that, and you know, it gets as you increase your pull strength, um, the the distance shortens, right? Mm-hmm. So so like you know, five to one takes a lot of rope, takes a lot of mm-hmm. distance. Uh, it takes a lot of resets. Yeah, there's a lot more adjustments, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this, we did a what was that? What a fifty feet bank we were on. Yeah, probably. Yes, we did a fifty foot bank. Um, Two with, resets. Because we, we had a redirect. We could have probably put the car truck a little farther away, but um, obviously it, the rope runs out eventually. So, um, yeah, we did two resets on a fifty foot bank. The guys were up in probably less than a minute, maybe a minute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. You know, in the end, we got it sorted out. We did another scenario. We did another quick run through, and we banged it off quick. So, I think if we did it now, we'd probably be able to do it. That's always the biggest problem when you're practicing uh, rope rescue, and then when you actually get the real call, is that real estate on the side yes. of the highway. You know, because yeah. we do the we do the redirect, and then 
bring a truck way down the side of the mm-hmm. highway so we have that that length but like some of the ones that we've been on up here on the on the other dirt road yeah like you don't have that real estate yeah and sure. then some of our other ones tend we tend to roll up to there's vehicles everywhere so like, and then of course typical the ambulance parks right in the way mm-hmm. so we need them to move I'm tough for the ambulance <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do that those things jump in the driveway it's 101 pull <laughs> yeah yeah but it, yeah yeah they yeah that redirects cool. this that was a game changer for us because we used to not do a redirect we used to just do it like a mm-hmm. whatever close we came to the bank <laughs> you remember those days yep it was like in a six foot pull which was actually what Two feet, three feet, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So then we had to reset, do it again, reset, do it again, reset, do it again, reset. <laughs> it was like just torturous trying to get people up. Mm-hmm. And then we had this redirect, and now it's like, shh. Yeah. Yeah. But then depending on the length of rope you have, too. Yeah. Like a while back, we had a call, and they told us, yeah, they're, you know, what were they? 500, no, 1,000 feet. They said 1,000 feet down a bank. We're like, oh my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> So the other what do you even have it? Said? No, the other captain and I were thinking what <laughs> we got for the rooms, <laughs> and then okay, well you know depending on what we had to, all these little action plans, yeah. and then okay, well now do you remember how to pass a knot through the system? Like oh geez, <laughs> we're trying to pull that out and of our and... oh, <laughs> thankfully it was you know turned out to be nothing. You could like walk down to the guy, but right. Oh yeah, I remember that you were talking yeah. about yeah, 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 man. There's a lot to remember though with ropes. Like if you don't have some guys that are just dialed in all the time, yeah. mm-hmm. and I am not that guy. Yeah. I am 100% the medic, and I will go down. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, and, and even our no- knots, we've like we've had this argument for since the podcast started. That it's true. Episode one, one or four. Whenever <laughs> Carrie was on, yeah, yeah, we've been arguing knots for a long time. Right? Yeah. How many knots do you need to know? You don't need. To, I don't think. I don't think you need to know ten. Mm-hmm. Farmer's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, right. And Matt and I were actually having this talk driving back the other night. Uh, you know, we were talking about knots, and we're talking about what knots we need to know. And he, and he agrees. Well, I think he agrees. <laughs> See, he was agreeing with me at the time. He's like, "Yeah, the figure eight family, uh, and water knot, prussics, um, and the cloak hitch." But again, the cloak hitch, it's not. A, it's not really a life safety knot. It's just a knot that. Like it's good. No, it's, it's good, good for know. tying off. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. definitely good for you, yeah. especially on the water rescue stuff. That knowing that one's really important because you can just loop around trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, there's basically four or five knots, but somebody's got. Oh, I can tie this and tie that and yeah. tie this and tie that. It's like, man, six months from now, none of these guys remember any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we need to figure eight for our system. And a prussix. And not, not how to make the prussix, how to actually just tie the prussix. Yeah. Because yeah. Matt brought that up. He goes, does anyone actually know how to make a prussix? <laughs> so, I think I can, but <laughs> um, probably wouldn't look as cool or as nice, yeah. but I think I can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Just buy lots of the pre-woven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, so I wasn't at that scenario, obviously, because I was at the other one. But uh, I think some of the big key sort of things that for us, like we always worry about that whole limited manpower thing. We've been very, very lucky where we've never really been in that sort of a situation. Like guys always kind of make it out for, for calls. Like we've got a pretty good member base and you have time. Like time is generally on your side. So if you're an over embankment rescue call, like that gets everybody like, ooh, this is going to be something good. Mm-hmm. You've got a good turnout. And then you have time. So by the time that you get guys over to the patient, 
If there's ex extrication to be done, well, there's that time. There's the patient care, getting everything prepped. There's a lot of time where that slows down up at the top side where you can get things set. And, you know, hopefully we do have some of our more experienced rope guys there. But the way it's set up now, I mean, it comes out of the bag and it's, you're kind of like, what, 60% there already. Yeah, pretty much. Right? That was actually one of the problems, Matt, Matt took ownership on that thing, because he's our safety, uh, safety captain? No, what's he, what's it, not, not safety captain, what's it, um, rescue equipment captain. Right. So, um, <laughs> we go to get the stuff out of the bag, <clears throat> and I don't know what happened to it, someone had butchered it, someone, something had to oh. happen to it. So we, we pull it out, and there's like one piece of rope, we're like, oh, this should all be together. <laughs> so now we're like, eh, hey. <laughs> we're trying to put it all back together. And yeah, it was not happening. He's like, "Oh, that was my fault. I, I was doing something. I didn't put it quite back the way it was." So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so there was that. Unless he, unless problem. he just said that, and he just yeah. wanted to screw with us. Maybe that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> went in there and pulled that thing apart. Yeah, like so. Unless there's like a Matt or a Jay or a huh. like like an Earl, maybe like Earl's really yeah. good as well. Unless there's these key guys there, yeah, they'll be able to rig that up quickly. And I yeah. think we could all. Yeah, I mean, it's got it pictures together. and Yeah, stuff like, it's and... pretty straightforward, especially, like, right on the back of the, the maestro. It's going to yeah. tell you how to get that thing rigged up. And, like, we yeah. all know yeah. kind of the, the base setup. But um, when it is pre-rigged, it's super simple. Um, and, and, again, the key things is getting that scene set up up on the high side. If you can get space, great, because uh, that's going to make everything better. If it's real and you're fucked for space, well, then... That's what happens, and you work with what you have. And I was just thinking, does Bob's car have a hitch? Uh, I think it's got a tow hitch on the back. Yeah. Hmm. You yeah. should get a little gearing for that. Just It's another simple tie-off point. point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could use a wheel. You could use a million things. But, yeah, it's so easy just to throw in a quick... Well, Bob's car's pretty light. If I rip it off, it wouldn't be a very good anchor. <laughs> Start towing My bumper. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bob. <laughs> I can't fall off. Whoops. Just throw it through the B B post or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bob. <laughs> I was thinking afterwards on how we could make that whole kind of process of remembering that easier. And I don't. The only thing I could think of was maybe like some sort of color scheme or something where we know like. <clears throat> we we if we just tear it, you know, because the 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 actual those braking systems are red. Um, maybe we just you know just something that makes it really really simple. Because again, right. when you're trying to do those sorts of things, and we've had this conversation about three a.m. calls, you're trying to remember stuff. It it those early mornings, yeah. trying to remember that yeah. at that time would be challenging. With depending on obviously again who we had, but yeah. you know just making it really super duper simple. I think mean, it's getting easier and easier every time. Like we, we now it now it's dual system. It's even easier because before we needed like a brake bar on this side, and then we needed the MPD on that side. That system was horrible. It was, yeah, all, yeah. it was all complicated. Yeah. Now it's basically two of these maestro things. And in fact, Matt pointed out, he's like, if our anchor point doesn't work over there, the, the safety can become the anchor point. Yeah, is like because literally it's redundancies built in. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so that the other thing I was talking to him while we were driving back, I was in this truck with him. I said, "Do you think it would be just good to get both systems, like both of those things, exactly the same?" So that it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. He said, "Yeah." He goes, "There's a couple things on this. Like we have a trailer hitch bear paw that makes it pretty badass. Like we just slide the trailer hitch in, the hitch yeah. point in, and then the bear paw is already set up with all the stuff on it." He goes, "That's a certain amount of money." And he goes back to the low frequencies, like 
is it worth spending this much money on a very low chance that we get one of these calls? But mm-hmm. again, if it saves us 20 seconds of time and you save someone's life, then yes, it's worth a thousand bucks or whatever. Right. And it's not like that thing goes bad. So it's a hunk of iron. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and I think if that was this case, just crack two of those, it'd be super easy because they're basically the same system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always think about these at low at low risk versus high, or high risk versus high frequency, etc. Back mm-hmm. and forth. Because, you know, like structure fire, that's how we train it all the time. That's what we do mm-hmm. burn building all the time in the fall because it's like, it's fairly high frequency and very high risk. Yeah. Like, even though, even the ropes, it's still fairly low risk. Like, it's low risk for us because we're on a, it's a, yeah. it's a low angle. Uh, yeah. It's a fairly low risk. Like, overall, and nothing's guess, burning. No one's going to, like, the guy down there is pretty high risk because he's going to get the fuck up. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but to us, it's like, yeah. But there's certain things that have to be in place before you can start bringing them up. And that's when it's that's where it's very hard for us sometimes to slow it down to get yeah. that system is set up in place. Yeah. Where you start thinking structure fires and when it's on fire, we already have all that in place. That's the truck. Yeah, like, the truck's ready to go. dialed. Like yeah. you know, we're 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 set, we're set and ready to go. But it is it's hard to to like I said to slow us slow us down a little bit to get that thing in place, get the harnesses on, have somebody recheck the knots in the system, and then get guys in place and and away you go. But even that like. It's fairly fast. Like, if yeah. you roll up a real call right now, by the time you bust up the gear and get your anchor points and, and the oh, system yeah. set up, it's very fast. Yeah, the medic's still learning his workout. Yep. Trying to figure mm-hmm. out stuff. Or, or, like, Ashton trying to cut them out of the car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, in the grand scheme of firefighting, the easiest part of our job is firefighting. Right. Like, the rescue side of fire rescue <laughs> is the hardest part. Yeah, there's a lot like, more specialties. You know, you had a water rescue, and now we got to remember all this other stuff. Yeah, I think it was Dennis that brought it up. He said, this job used to be really easy. When it was just firefighting stuff. Because, you know, even 12 years ago, 13 years ago, we, you know, we did some rescue. It was, it was Auto X mm-hmm. and a little bit of ropes. That was really our rescue side. But now we got water. Um, we got more advanced rope stuff, I guess you'd say. Um, yeah, there's a, few, there's a few things we do that are, and now we're getting FR. Mm-hmm. Um, it's building on, I mean, it's making us better. Absolutely. Like, yes, yep. I'm not saying like, well, let's go back to just fighting fires. No, it's making it better. It's it's for, it's helping people more. Yep. Because really, I mean, fires we know other than wildfires are on the downturn. I think mm-hmm. that's it from your district. Yeah, really, right now, you got lots yeah. of structure fires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, we've had a bunch <laughs> this year. It's yeah. crazy. Well, I guess last year was our year. Yep. Yeah. Year, year. Um. Yeah. Uh, what else? Pre-plan. Pearl. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, pre-plan. We uh, we went out to one of the locations. It was a campground near us and a trailer park, kind of both right next to each other. And uh, it is a danger zone. Yeah. So there's a lot of really big. We played old... some Kenny Loggins when we were driving. There. We, did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of big, big trees. Um, they drop a lot of pine needles and a lot of that stuff is not cleaned up. And if there is one spark in there, we are going to have a very serious evacuation because trying to catch that before it goes anywhere is going to be problematic. And every time I drive through there, like we, we drove through again the other night. So it's like, so imagine like a trailer park, <laughs> which is what it is, but then put pine trees all in it. Big yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. And like Huge a very ones. stuffed trailer park, like what, 200 units? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In a very small area. Yeah. And then 
And then, oh, I'll just uh, let's make it a little harder for the firefighters. Let's throw a, a campground in there with three hundred people. Three hundred people in it. Yeah, probably at least in the middle vehicles. of summer. Trailers, propane mm-hmm. tanks. Trailers, propane yeah. tanks. Uh, not people from the town, so they don't even know what the hell's going on. They're like, what, oh, what was that? <laughs> they're, they're not switched on to fires, probably. <laughs> barely get down the roads because all the vehicles Super are parked. Narrow. Yeah, you know, yeah. like right along the sides of each of the tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what we ended up doing, um, we, we've kind of went to a new system. Uh, it hasn't really worked out the way I was envisioning, but it's getting better now. Um, we used to have a pre-planned officer, um, which actually was your job for quite a while. It was. Yeah. And... Like every, I don't know what you guys. What do you guys do for pre-plan? I never did talk to you about that. So yeah, so now now in place we have um, our one of our deputies. Part of his role is pre-plan, right. um, but that's fairly new to us now. It's we always had uh, somebody hired um, out of like just for the town oh. that would do it, um, and the communication was never really there. That crossover and the connection into the fire service wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't really there. Right. So now the past couple of years we've really identified that, and uh, we're getting way more involved with the town. We've taken that role on. Right. And so now that's uh, one of our deputies' roles. Does he get briefings, or is he just so starting? Yeah, yeah. So we're we're just in the changeover phase, yeah. and he's going to start start rolling on that. That's kind of what we did this year. So we used to have, uh, well, like Carl was a pre plan pre plan officer for quite a while, um, and basically there's a book, of some sort, the blue book. Yeah, that was always in order before. It was always in order. <laughs> so there was always a joke in our meetings, like blue books in order. Like Carl kind of took on that um, joke. Like it was always a joke for years. Blue books in order. Well, the blue book just had a bunch of stuff in it, like, and I, I actually found, I think we found the blue book the other the day. Blue, yeah, so but it, it actually wasn't existed. order. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, none of us know, like, until it's time, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're getting into. Yeah, um, and that's where our conversations have with it, like, so a lot of these structures, we need to have the full pre-plan layout and practice them, so everybody in the department is very aware. Mm-hmm. So when we're going to the call, we can literally open it up electronically. And yeah. kind of have a quick little thirty second refresher while they're driving too. Right. So the idea with us was, uh, was so we made a committee now. So there's four of us. Um, so the plan will be, and we've done it. We've done it twice. Well, but, um, the plan will be to go out, pick a building or an area, drive around. We were over there for what two hours? Yeah, at least. Yeah. Drive around, check things out, figure out points, kind of come up with the worst case scenario. It's kind of war game a little bit or driving around, talk about things and then uh, take some pictures if we have to and then on a meeting night or practice night come back to the guys and be like hey this is what we're going to do um so on this night carl and i brought up the uh, google map because it was actually we did it the night before um and this one was kind of fitting because of the um because right now with all the wildfires burning we're like you know we got to get this one done um it's been too long and we've actually had a pretty serious incident in there mm-hmm. a number of years ago I, I, think, I think you were on this department the windstorms yeah yeah yeah, so we had a windstorm, um, and I wasn't on yet. Were you actually on that night? Yeah, it was. So, well, oh, we, had two, <laughs> we had two. We had two. That night, yeah, so we had uh, numerous trees blow down yeah. uh, onto trailers, onto campers, onto a tent. Uh, unfortunately, some people passed away uh, from it. They were crushed by the trees. And um, then in town as well, we had a whole bunch of stuff go down. Right. Yeah. So that night, uh, at the campground place where we were talking about... Um, I guess the guys, basically, everybody just kind of walked out um, from the area, which is kind of what we're envisioning if there's a big wildfire. We're hoping everybody just walks out, not drives out. Mm-hmm. Because if they drive out, it's going to be a, a traffic nightmare. Um, walk out onto the highway. Obviously, we'd block the highway, get everybody kind of situated. Um, thankfully, we have a couple of guys that work for the school district. Um, and one guy said, yeah, I'll just go 
I'll, I'll call a couple guys. We'll get a school, a couple school buses out there. We'll start picking people up. Yeah, driving them to uh, either a uh, initial holding area, like a big parking lot, or driving them to the actual um, EOC mm-hmm. or ESS, whatever, whatever one we're in. <laughs> so, which is pretty cool. Um, so we that was part of our plan. Um, the other part of our plan is we are not going to start committing engines in, in there, like yeah. um, unless it's a small enough fire and we think we can handle it. We're gonna just park our engines outside and maybe hand bomb lines in uh, just to do the best we can. Because um, inside um, there's two hydrants in the very back of the of the area. One more of a standpipe. Yeah, one is really classified as a hydrant. Yeah, yeah. it's basically a standpipe. Um, we went to. Um, um, flush it, and it was like red water coming out of it. Like, <laughs> so we flushed it for a little bit, um, and then we flushed the other one. Red water coming out, and finally, it, like a lot of rust and stuff. Finally, it flushed clean. So it's definitely we have water. Um, there's also you know the, our water ditch for our irrigation there. Mm-hmm. There's ways we can get around, ways we can fight the fire. They've actually put in a new access road, like a side um, access road to a gravel pit. So we can actually access from the back side of the, a lot of the structures. So it'd be another, you know, probably add, add a few hoses on, but we can hit most of the structures in there. Mm-hmm. Is that classified as a regional district area? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So for their water systems for testing, they should still be. It's a private area though. So, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I heard from. Because that's not a pump house. I heard right? from Brett, who's, who works in the town. He says uh, the town is actually contracted to uh, hmm. look after one of those hydrants. One yeah, so that could be part of that pre-plan is making sure that somebody does start taking charge of that so you yeah. actually use them because who the hell is going to want to go hook up to something that's that rusty and old? Yeah, because mm-hmm. our notes were hydrant needs flushing and um, some of the ladder fuels need to be taken care of and a fire smart needs to happen because Big time. there's like the curl was in. Like, <laughs> the roofs, the roofs are, you know, I don't know, pine needles make, make a great insulator. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> moss and, and everything else was it. Yeah, because there's some old places in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is a powder cake. <laughs> the other, the other real problem with that as well is in this instance again, this is more of a, it's more of a retirement community. This one as oh, well. Yeah. So now, not only do we have to get these people out, some of these people need care and aid mm-hmm. during that too, right? Yeah. To actually, so now we need people to assist in that. So not only are we going to be busy trying to fight and maintain the, or whatever the fire is to get people a safe route clear. We're going to need to be com- uh, communicating with, like, you know, ESS and things like that, get mm-hmm. ambulance services. Like, everyone's going to be there. We're going to need, like, absolutely every hand we possibly mm-hmm. can. Aid. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's literally yeah. just to deal with the, that would be just to deal with the, um, the actual people in the trailers. Uh, not to mention the 300-plus people that are going to be in the campground, and then there's a small other trailer park to the side of that, and mm-hmm. adjoined to that, there's also the the other motel. Yeah, the motel, uh, and this is all all of this backs onto an interface area on a high cliff. You know, it, yeah. it's uh, it's a really dangerous spot. Mm-hmm. Did we approach the campground managers? I wonder if they have anything in place on their end. Yeah, we didn't. This this is pretty unprompted. We just basically mm-hmm. drove yeah. through that one night. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm kind of thinking, obviously, it's a campsite, so there's people that turn over every day, every week, right? And there's 300 of them crammed in there. And like you guys were saying, they'll back their trailer or their fifth wheel or whatever in there and then kind of park their trucks yeah. in, in front of that. So we would hope that people would start to just walk out. 
I know if I've got my $120,000 fifth wheel with my $100,000 pickup. Like well, not, my, your current, not your current pickup. Not my current. Your current pickup, you'd leave that thing behind. I would leave, <laughs> I would actually drive it towards the fire. <laughs> Yours would be what lit year? the fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you're not my firefighting mind, but, like, like hell, I'm going to walk away from this. Mm-hmm. I can have this thing ho- hooked up in two minutes. Yeah, well, so, if if I'm going. thinking that, you know, yeah. my, my right mind tells me, no, you idiot, walk away from this. You have insurance and you could die. And there's people coming that need to get access to this. Well, that's my right mind. Well, I'm mixing a little bit of liquor because you're camping. And <laughs> how many of those people lose their right mind and think, I'm out of here. And they start to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, you got 300 people trying to get out of two exits. And they kind of all funnel. Two exits going to one. Yeah, yeah, so they all kind of funnel into one. It's going to be a traffic jam. Yeah. Plus people walking on those roads yeah, as well. For exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, See, I don't think... You know, even if you had a campsite manager switch it on enough, a drunk dude with a, mm-hmm. like, if you're drunk enough, yeah. <laughs> you the ain't listening to a campsite manager. No. Like, how are you, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why cops come to sometimes yes. that campground and, and arrest people. That's right. Because <laughs> they're not listening to them either. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I think two things. One, one, if you had enough, if it was just like a, hey, you know, evacuation alert is coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, then people would start probably hooking up and pulling out. Yeah. Um, however, like you look at the Rock Creek fire mm-hmm. when that went through a couple mm-hmm. years back. So through the Kettle Valley campground, one way in, one way out. And it came in the, so hot and fast, there were literally people running. And then the traffic jam started and they had abandoned all their vehicles on the road. People were jumping in the back of the trucks on hoods to get out. Uh, a lot of people couldn't make it back to the camp. So they yeah. went in the river and hunkered mm-hmm. down in the river. And, uh, yeah, and there's, there's like 30, 40 vehicles that were burned up on the road on the exit way. Yeah. And then trying to send resources in, we tried sending um, our uh, MSU units um, from Kelowna in. And then that had to change because power lines are down now from the poles burning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so accessing you guys for all the emergency responders was extremely difficult as well. Because they had to send everybody through the south into the other communities. And then there's another fire that started up on the other pass. That's so right. So when they actually... I think it was a day later, um, they were actually finally able to get people back. Uh, they had to go across into the States, and they had to broker a special agreement for these people to come through with no IDs, no passports. Oh, they shuffled them through the States, not through the other border. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah. I mean, this thing isn't going to be that. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, it mean, could be. It may be. Um, you look at the right timber, though. Yeah, like, yeah that's true. Yeah. Man. I mean, there there is a lake there, so I guess there'd be a lot of spoilers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that would probably be the safest place for the, that whole back corner. Actually, just to go on the lake. Just, yeah, hundred percent. Just waiting. Yeah, part of me, I'm like, people sometimes are smart and they'll figure it out on their own. Like, cause it, I mean, we're it's a fair distance. It's a fair haul for us to even get there. Yeah, yeah. seven seven minutes. Probably. You know, if the call came in right now, at this second, it would take us. Even if the, even if the duty officer left from his house instantly in code three and the chief, because that's what the kind of the idea is. Two people leave, like, because mm-hmm. we you know we hope the guys go direct. I'm still thinking it's going to be seven, ten minutes. Yeah. So if there's a fire ripping through there, it's going to be going fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of our members lives across the street. You know, he's going to do his best, but you know, he can only do so much. Think of just okay. Now you got that that trailer park, the mobile home park, not mm-hmm. even the uh, the recreation site, but one of those goes up. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I'm now, not too surprised. Now, it's, now, a crown, now it's a those. crown fire right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. the whole thing is involved. You're not responding to one structure fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm actually very surprised we haven't had one in there. Yeah, everything's so tightly packed yeah. as well. And it's not just the problem of everything's tightly packed. It's also in between 
tightly packed, there are these trees with all this material and debris mm-hmm. below them. So transfer is going to be so easy and it's going to be so fast. Yeah. So fast. Yeah. We've had calls. We just never had a fire in there yet. That's right. Any real fire. I think that's where in the pre-plan you, you need to um, get a hold of like the, the property managers mm-hmm. and they need to do some work with you guys uh, to identify those high-risk uh, homes as well. Those people that we're talking about that are going to need assistance via ambulance or stretcher out because there's a lot of them. Yeah, like our crews go there a lot for certain patients, Absolutely. and they need to be identified yeah. as, hey, yeah. these are the high value ones that we need to go in and yeah. send a crew and actually pull them out. Right. Challenge is there's so much turnover. Turnover. It's yeah. just like it would be. Like, oh, they they'd have to stay on it. Yeah, yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Constant updates, but then again. If you if you're doing that, maybe there's a way that you you put some sort of system in place that allows them to email something or, or something, right? It's again, it's about trying to leverage technology, at least in this instance, to try and keep that information up to date and, and ready to go. But well, and that's where it needs to go on to the the management a little bit more for the site, as if they have somebody leaving, you know, a message to get sent out to the agency. So you guys were pre-plan. Hey, this resident no longer resides. You know, when we get the new People living there, yeah. there's another update. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to be nonstop. Yeah, constantly. And that has to be done. I mean, that's not the only one. I think that is probably identified as a, the worst. It's probably the most dangerous one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there's other, lots of other trailer parks around, and lots of other, like, interfacey kind of trailer parks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting because we're going to start doing some bigger buildings and. Yeah. yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. That's, no. uh, pre-plan's a tough one when you start talking about it, right? Because like, your normal pre-plan, you know, when you first think of it, it's that, it's that um, you know, apartment building or it's that industrial complex mm-hmm. and things like that, uh, not, you know, a whole trailer park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm constantly going that's why we now have somebody dedicated <laughs> to that in our right. department because yeah. the town the, the communication wasn't there like we we're looking at some of their pre-planned stuff and fire inspections right what how are you passing this like no mm-hmm. like there's way more stuff that needs to be thought of even the water systems changing topics but even the water systems for the com- community like they weren't looping in the fire service at all right like where hydrants and pressures of the pressures were and locations right. and, yeah so now we're finally getting involved. I think the question with it all as well is where do you stop? You know, how much information is overkill? You know, you, you can get the basics, but sometimes the basics for the building that you're going to, maybe that's not the information that is most critical. Yeah. You know, there's some of these buildings that only have one staircase to get to these floors and there is no other elevator. Mm-hmm. There's no outside fire escapes. There's a fire in the stairwell. There's an issue yeah. like the one mm-hmm. right next to us here, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's one stairwell at either end of the building, I think, in that one. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's almost like yeah. you need a ladder truck or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Carl and I were talking, like, how do we, like, we, do we make a checklist for this pre-plan? But then a checklist is, like, again, you said, like, it doesn't apply to most buildings, like, a lot of buildings. Like, you could be like, yeah, standpipe, no. Um, sprinklers, yes, no. Uh, fire exits, yes, no. Like, or do you just make, like, notes, <laughs> like, just point form, like, Crappy back stair access, um, um, high fuel load like that trailer park. Um, but then who's reading it? Yeah, 
from like that, and that's why I wanted to do these these monthly briefings on like even if we do one building a month, so we're gonna do twelve or one area a month. So even like so the Strada Park, then maybe next month we do a building, then next month after that we do another area of the town. At least you know once a year, well or every year we'll have twelve of those done, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And maybe if a call comes in, at least one or two guys in that truck will remember. Oh right, there's this thing that we have to do. There's this. Yeah, start, there's just too much. Like start triaging these yeah. at the, uh, the the high risk ones first. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. Craziness. <laughs> pre-plan. <laughs> they always thought pre-plan was kind of like. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but it is. There's a lot of stuff to it. Oh yeah, and it's funny. So once we found that this book existed, so like it, it, it was always the joke. Like, oh yeah, the blue book, and then. So our deputy chief was the last, I would say, good pre-plan officer, because <laughs> I took it over from him. <laughs> you did? Yeah. So oh, I, I wow. was on it for one year, and it was the first year that we went from the blue book to the red computer. Right. So he's like, yeah, I did all of this work, and here's the blue book, here's the red computer, you can put some stuff in there, great. So my first year was all taking that stuff and trying to make most of it digital. Yeah. And that was fun <laughs> right <laughs> so my first year was just kind of that transition period and then carl took took over from from there and and again like nothing bad about like us it was just inputting data not really making it better so i made the joke i'm like oh man like we shit the bed since speedy left because <laughs> we found his maps like he was kicking ass yeah but i mean he identified like that place like as we know, as a high, like it's a high risk area, yeah. so he spent his time on that, and that's that's great. And then all of this did the whole, you know, computerized part of it came in, and we got that rolled in. Some of it's on our I'm responding, which is great. Um, but yeah, I, I think having a crew now, not just one one person, um, and getting those those point form notes. Yeah. Uh, with a brief that come, comes back to the entire department. I mean, it's great to say, like, yep, I put some files in the computer, or I did this, okay, cool, and now you move on because you gave a report, and that's all that matters. We're actually doing something better and getting eyes on it, getting a group of eyes on it, and then explaining it to the entire department. Um, there's going to be some positive takeaway for, from that everybody's going to have a little bit of knowledge and then those four or five people will have some good knowledge of it. Yeah. And the chances of those people being on that call are quite high. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. And, and I think as guys, I'm hoping as we do this longer, mm-hmm. guys are going to, in the department, are going to start driving around with a thought in their mind. Of, right. Hey, when I go to this place, I'll be looking around for stuff. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they'll suggest to the committee, hey, we haven't done a pre- have you guys done a pre-plan on this place? No. Right. I think we should, because mm-hmm. it's for these reasons. Oh, cool. Do you want to come with us? Because yeah. that's literally what we did. We went out and grabbed the guy that lives across the street, Grant, mm-hmm. who was here before, because Grant lives across the street from this place. I'm like, hey, Grant, you want to come with us? Because you know this place more than we do. Sure. So, yeah. Actually, he went through and was like, <laughs> he's going through the map, because we had the map and we have the names of the residents mm-hmm. from, when, from when Brian did the um, pre-plan. He's like, that person's dead. So yeah, it was a little out of date some of the people. <laughs> yeah. So well, it's gonna be an ongoing thing. 
I'm hoping we can get some momentum going. Um, yeah. And I think the way that you you know that you guys are doing it now will make it like nobody wanted to be the pre-planned yeah. guy, right? Yeah. It's like ah, that sucks. Um, it was actually kind of fun. Like it's yeah, kind of like we were like we were like wargaming like the fire. Like mm-hmm. okay, what happens if do this? Where would it go there? Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be a, a little bit more of a sought-after position now. Yeah. It definitely needed to be more than one person. There's just there's too much. There's too much involved. Mm-hmm. There's definitely too much involved. I I think. Yeah. yeah. But a few heads together, I think it will do well. Yeah. All right. Um, modus. Modus. Sure. <laughs> um, modus. They do their snagger tool. Claim to fame, um, but also they branched out into a ton of uh, force entry, soft entry. Uh, they've got some kits and bags, uh, some cool swag, um, a hydrant wrench. Um, they stepped up as part of our giveaway. Is it swag or swag? It could be both. <laughs> Sorry. Modus. <laughs> <laughs> they stepped up as part of our giveaway, uh, which we're still waiting to hear back from one gentleman. So, uh, we have a plan in place for that. If not, you'll be hearing from us next week, one way or the other. Um, yeah, so check those guys out. Awesome supporters of the podcast. Uh, and we are big, big supporters of them. So, um, hop online, uh, check out all the things that they offer, and pick up 5% off your order with GTFF5. But stop the lead. Um, yeah, I actually just uh, was chatting with my deputy earlier tonight while we were recording. Um, we're going to be doing a stop the lead course for a bunch of our members at our department this uh, this practice night. Trying to get Scott to come down and help as well. Um, yeah, stoptheweed.org. Uh, get online, check it out, see if there's a course near you, or if you want to become an instructor. There's some information there as well. And uh, like we talk about, um, you know, do the do the basics: that direct pressure, uh, the wound packing, and tourniquet application. And when you're doing the uh, the simulations in the course, make it make it fun and realistic, high fidelity. Um, that's the, that's the name of the game. Like anybody can sit there and click through a PowerPoint, but you mm-hmm. want to, uh, throw some Sims into it as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then start introducing it into other practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, probably going to Tanner Olson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't own a single pair of cable boots or a cable hat. Neither do I. I don't think mm. it would be fair. I think you have to. <laughs> we're going to have, have to, yeah. We're going to have to. We're going to mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. Okay. I think Scott's secretly excited about getting he cowboy boots and cowboy hats. I'm kind stiff. of interested in the cowboy boots thing. I mean, yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. I thought they were just useless. I didn't actually think they were actually something you wear. I think they're. I, I actually never associated <laughs> them with work boots. And I'm like, wait a minute, they were like the original work boot. <laughs> they were absolutely, yeah. Like, yeah, like the hardest working work boot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just can't fathom fighting in them. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I guess you can gunfight them. Absolutely, yeah. the Cowboys wore the mm-hmm. fighting. <laughs> Typically, the fighting in the cowboy boots wasn't really your style of fighting. It was more just full of brawl, fisty guys, yeah. not like yeah. tying somebody up. <laughs> Although, if you have slippery shoes and you fall on the ground, that's my that's my jam. I want to see how this works out. Yeah. <laughs> cowboy boots, boots. Is it Ariat or Lariat? Ariat. No, Lariat's a Ford. Well, Larry, it's also a, yeah. <laughs> a rope. <laughs> um, area, it's the boot. Right. Well, the brand. Are we trying to get sponsored by that? <laughs> Fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> have any idea how expensive a set of Ariads are? Because no. you're about to. <laughs> <laughs> the 
more or less than a lift kit on my truck. <laughs> well, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> and tires. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> this is what you got Thank God things. she doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, she, she, she told me she never listens. <laughs> yeah. She knows she does. Yeah. Oh, that's my truck. I'm nice. I can live in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With my new boots. <laughs> and your lift. You'll never have to ride on the pair of boots again. It's true. That's not true. I will always buy new boots. <laughs> Just not new cowboys. Yeah, probably not yeah. new cowboys. I will probably definitely never buy a new pair of cowboys. Where are we Carolson. Country music out of Chilliwac. Mm-hmm. West Coast of Canada. Uh, starting some more uh, live music, and hopefully we'll be at our seminar next year. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Check them out on uh, Spotify and YouTube. And probably Facebook. And wherever else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rescue Essentials. Uh, RescueEssentials.com. Go online there for uh, all of your Rescue Essential swag. Um, lots of uh, training supplies. That's where I've gotten my training supplies for the Stop the Bleed stuff, the wound packers, uh, IFAX kits, all that stuff. Um, lots of good products on there. Uh, go online and check them out. Mm-hmm. I was showing uh, my IFAC. Your motor IFAC. Yeah. To a local deputy chief. And he's like, hey, what's that place where you guys get all your your gear from I'm like ah rescue essentials this is mm-hmm. how you can get get your shit set up he's like oh yeah I'm gonna hop on there cause he wants to get a, a lot better kit he actually had a incident I can kind of go on a bit of a side side note here it was a work a workplace incident where somebody took a header down many many stairs it was a pretty bad bad deal and he was first on scene um he's got his FR ticket and such and He's like, I felt useless because like, all they had in was like your industry first aid mm-hmm. level one. So yeah, the million like, triangulars and other useless yeah. things. Yeah, inadvertent eyelid. It's gonna say yeah, you can fl- yeah. Fl- flush his eye and throw a <laughs> th- throw a bandaid on. Nothing that he needed, right? So he's like, I am in many many shops all day long, um, having a little something just to be better than the classic level one. Yeah, uh, I'm like, yeah, man, it'd be great. So. Yeah, he was, you know, looking at what uh, I put together there, and he says, "Yeah, I, I want something like that for me, something bigger for my car." I'm like, absolutely. And he's been looking on Rescue Essentials, and Sweet. I think he's putting putting a pretty cool little kit uh, together for him. So they definitely have a good variety of kits. It's absolutely. overwhelming, which yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, lastly, is us uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, TikTok. You know, it's still a thing. <laughs> I was watching some TikTok today. Perfect. <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> I get stuck on TikTok every time I'm on can. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you about this ridiculous video. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent it to you, didn't I? I don't know. The guys in the Coke? Huh? Drinking, drinking the Coke bottle? Or I haven't seen it yet, no. Man, <laughs> I I don't, I usually hate TikTok, but this was actually mm-hmm. pretty funny. There's these two guys in a car, or three guys in a car. One, the guy's filming, and the guy's drinking this, this bottle of like Pepsi, and the other guy's like walk, going towards him with a thing of Mentos, like oh, yeah. brand new car, and he's like, uh, the guy's like, ah, and there's some dude in the background, I don't know what the guy in the background did, but he has, he's like, whoa, <laughs> and all the pops spread out of his face in the back seat, the guy, the guy's like, what are you, and then the other guy dumps the Mentos in his, <laughs> and the whole car blows up with Mentos, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was awesome, I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any more for any more? No. 
Think I'm good? Right. I'm great. Love to be. All right. You guys can say goodnight or just say I'm good. <laughs> good night. <laughs> Thank you and good night. Thanks, everyone. Good to be back. Stay safe. Stay DTFF. Good night. <laughs>